The final frontier begins. This is about saving the future of humanity. This is a huge victory for the good guys. You've never seen Voyager. Commitment to this course of action is not emotional. Study. Beam us up. Welcome to another episode of Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. I am Brent Allen, and I have seen every episode of Star Trek 47 times. And I'm Matt Sonnenberg, and this is my first time through the series. And this is the show where we are on a mission to introduce as many people to the universe of Star Trek by watching the most important episodes that deal with the lore, the history, and the timeless message that is Star Trek. You know what, Brent? I don't feel like doing this today. You, you, you just, I, I don't want people telling me what to do. You, you tell them. Hmm. Well, I don't know what's going on with you over there today, Matthew, but, uh, this is conduct unbecoming a cadet. And so you need to get it together. Well, maybe I don't want to be a cadet anymore. Well, fine. I guess I'm just going to have to pick up the slack. Uh, you guys want to find out how to get in contact with us. You go over to beatmeuppod.com, find out our super cool, awesome webpage out there and all the ways you can get in touch with us. And you can actually find out how to write into Matt and tell him to stop being so Wesley Crusher-ish. Hold on, hold on. Today's episode is the 20th episode of season seven of Star Trek, the next generation entitled journey's end, or as I like to call it, the return of captain fish hands. <laughs> Matt's looking at me like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, or this is the one where Wesley becomes the traveler. In case you guys don't remember, I didn't watch this one first. This is where captain Picard must relocate a native American settlement in the newly established demilitarized zone with Cardassia. Oh, and Wesley Crusher's story comes full circle. Now, Matt, we're going to get into what all that means and uh, break it down. But before we get there, I'm curious. You're a Wesley Crusher fan. This is the final Wesley Crusher episode. Journey's End is aptly titled. What are your thoughts as you've now seen the Wesley Crusher saga? Well, I thought we are already done with Wesley. Uh huh. So this was a surprise. And I thought it was going to be a pleasant surprise, but uh-huh. given this episode alone, if this is why people dislike Wesley Crusher, I totally understand. I get it. I get it. This. Uh, okay. Longtime listeners of the show know that you used to do another podcast that was based around Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how you and I met. I feel about like Wesley Crusher here the way I felt about Harry Potter in book five. <laughs> and I, yeah. the, the yes. fifth book is my least favorite of all the books because of how Harry Favorite. acted. And I wanted to punch him in his little, you know, four eyed face the entire time of the book. Yeah. Super and it's kind of how you feel about Wesley Crusher in this episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, Matt, this is one of those shows where well, I don't want to say one of those shows. This may be the only show. I, I can't say the only show. In my head, this show ends differently than what really happens on screen. Okay. Okay. In my head, uh, spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, Wesley goes off with the traveler. Okay. Like, like, well, actually, I think they leave him behind on the planet to go do something. In my head. He he, he stays at the village. yeah, Yeah. But in my head, he winds up going to this, like, other dimension. And he's, like, flying with the traveler as he's learning to, like, be an ascended being or something. And there's this blue star trek warpy thing behind him and he's just smiling he looks very like charlie in the chocolate factory when they're like flying around the <laughs> the the thing and i have no idea where that comes from i that mean comes like from like, watching too many 80s movies maybe like like i even went to a couple of different star trek uh facebook groups and said okay am i crazy or did this not happen did it happen in a different episode and a couple of you were like well there's this one episode with deanna where that kind of happens but that's not at all what was going on uh, you, maybe you're mixing that up and I'm going, no, 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 it was, it was, it was Will Wheaton. It was Wesley Crusher. And I, I, this, this thing in my head only exists in my head. It does not exist in reality, but in my head, that's where this ends up. And it's so lame and it's so cheesy <laughs> and it's horrible. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it just, I, I, I don't know. I can't understand I, it, but I like I the way I it have- actually is more. I think I have some of those kind of memories about various movies and such Uh that I viewed growing up that 
I'm sure this happened or I'm sure it ended this way or I'm sure. Uh-huh. And you go back and watch and it's like, hmm, maybe not. That's not and how that works. Like, yeah. yeah, I go out and ask like my brother and sister. It's like, do you remember this movie? Did this happen? And yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So the other, the other thing, and this one is, uh, I'm watching this one with new eyes this week because I, I, I homeschool my son, actually my mm-hmm. son and my daughter, but my son specifically, he is going through early American history, uh, pre-colonial and he's focusing currently right now, as we record this on studying the different first nations that were uh, here in America, uh, before the colonists came over from Europe. So this one really seeing this come out really holds a, a, a sort of a special place in my heart right now uh, as we are, as we've been studying this particular uh, group and to see what happens to native Americans as we go forward into the future. Uh, you know, what, what do you do with a culture that, that wants to embrace uh, the future and progress, but still hold to sort of an older way of life and, and traditions that they have. And uh, to, to see how they've moved forward with that has been rather, rather interesting. Mm-hmm. And Matt, before we get into the, the uh, recap of the episode, uh, character actor spotlight, this is the part where we have that. I don't have a lot here, but I have two quick things that I do want to mention. Okay. The original story for this episode is by uh, two people. The first person is named Antonia Napoli. Don't remember that name. But here's the other name you should remember. Sean Pillar. Related to Michael Pillar? His son, actually. It's it's Michael okay. Pillar's son is created with is credited with the story for this particular episode with the original story. So I'm assuming story. Michael Pillar is older than I think he is. I, I think he was probably about 40-ish. And like uh, when, they're not, not crediting his like six-year-old son or something. Right. Yeah. Like my eight-year-old son, because I'm 40 yeah. now. Like, no, yeah. he's probably, uh, you know, you would imagine he's in late teens, maybe early 20s at this point. Michael would have probably had him a little bit young. And I'm not entirely sure. I've been researched Michael Pillar's uh, family uh, dynamic history, which you are right now. Um, but anyway, I say that just to say Sean is going to be back for two more stories. Both of them will be in Star Trek Voyager. We will watch at least one of them. And I'll mention this when we get there. It's very possible. We may watch both because they're fantastic episodes and you're going to love them. Um, and they're, they're kind of otherworldly a little bit like this one as well. So, uh, Sean pillar. Did you find it, Matt? Uh, how do you spell Sean? S H A W N. I found a Sean pillar, but it doesn't seem or wait. Oh, that's producer writer. Oh, yep. Okay. This is the right one. So he was born in 1972. Okay. So that would have put him right about 20 years old when this production yeah, 20, was 2021, something like that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, all of that. Uh, so that is Michael pillar son, which is the only reason why I bring him up. The other person I'd like to point out is the character of Gull Evek. Mm-hmm. Right now, Gull Evek, uh, played by a guy named Richard Poe. You don't have to remember that. Just the, it's really the character. The spot I want to spotlight Gull Evek because this is actually his second appearance on Star Trek. We first saw him over in the Deep Space Nine episode called "Playing God," which you skipped, but you're going to go back and watch eventually one day. Uh, but okay. that's the first place we saw him. We now see him here on on TNG. And basically here in the near future, anytime we deal with this Cardassian Federation DMZ border, Gola mm-hmm. going to pop up, whether regardless of what show it's on. And we will see him on TNG as we did here. I already mentioned Deep Space Nine. We'll see him on a couple episodes there still to come. And we're even going to see him in a couple episodes of Voyager. Okay. So he'll, he'll make a small appearance. So anything that. So this is kind of like his sector, maybe. Yeah, exactly. 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 Um, uh, with that and, and, um, he's not the only one who has his sector here and we'll, we'll get into that more <laughs> okay. as we go. But with that said, I, I, I just want to put that out there. So Matt, this is the spot where we're come to it. We're going to go through this episode scene by scene, act by act. You stop us, tell us what stood out to you. What questions did you have along the way? And you know, what things did you like and not like as we go through the, the story here? Well, Journey's End Prologue. Wesley is back, but boy, is he moody with everyone. Something's up. And oh yeah, we're going to be meeting with Admiral Necheyev, so this episode must have something to do with the Cardassians. I didn't realize that was a connection, but sure. Yeah, every time we've seen Necheyev, and she's back, uh, every time we've seen her, it's always been having to do something with the Cardassians and okay. along this, this border. I will maybe be able to remember that eventually. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, Wesley's back and I thought he was gone forever. 
Uh-huh. Like I, I thought he was just gone to the Academy and that's how they wrote him off the show. Right. Cool. Okay. That sucks. Cause I liked him, but mm-hmm. he's back. Awesome. Right. But yeah, then like I said, he's all moody and emo and, and doesn't want to talk about the Academy and seems like he's hiding something and just all sorts of, I mean, that, I mean, even the music as, mm-hmm. as, as we, we fade out here, we, we get this sad, depressing music and it's like, yeah, something's up. Right. Right. So with that, a little production note here, Ronald D. Moore, who is the guy who's actually credited with the screenplay of this episode, Mm -hmm. um, he was the one who really pushed to get Wesley out of the Academy. (laughs) He did not want him staying in the Academy. And as you said, they basically just said when Will Wheaton wanted to leave the show, they just said, "Okay, we'll send Wesley to the Academy and he'll just be there. And, you know, it's an easy in and out for him to come back or or not come back as they see. fit. sure. You know, it it just made perfect sense. Made all the sense in the world. Some kids come home on the holidays. Some kids don't. Exactly. And Ronald D. Moore, though, he really felt that they had built up this character of Wesley Crusher. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you agree with this, because I personally really do. They built him up to be this. They called him in, in the it, it go all the way back to the first Traveler episode where no man has gone before to be this Mozart type of character, this this super intelligent, super advanced. Something else is going on with this kid that it's a little bit otherworldly, but he's mm-hmm. just this prodigy that is outshining everyone. And that's the word I would use. Yeah. Prodigy. Exactly. For sure. But I, now he's I good. I didn't fully remember the, the Mozart thing until like they brought it up again. It's like, that, yeah, mm, that sounds kind of familiar, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, I, I definitely agree that they, they built him up to be essentially he will grow up and outdo everyone that we have ever met in Starfleet. Right. Except now he's in the Academy and he's struggling and trying to maintain his grades. And, you know, this class is kicking his butt and he's worried about friends and girls and, and he's just become a guy. He's just become a dude, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Ronald Moore had a problem with that. And he really wanted to, to break Wesley away from that. Before this episode, did we know that? No. Okay. No. So, I mean, they wrote that into this episode. Yeah. That's how he was faring at the Academy. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no. We did know that he was struggling with classes and stuff because we saw that, I want to say, um, if you remember, I think it was actually a, an extra viewing episode you and I did, the game, when he came back and, oh, and yeah. uh, um, Ashley Judd was was the, the character, mm-hmm, the real pretty mm-hmm. girl. They kind of became boyfriend, girlfriend. And they were talking about how he was struggling in various things and everybody wanted to speak Latin to him or something for some reason and <laughs> there you know but it was it was what wesley was just sort of one of the guys it had, it had just become a student you know a big guy on campus and uh so we we had had hints of that that he had okay you know yeah. he, he he would he had become a normal student effectively because that's one thing is if they had kind of hinted at it in earlier episodes it's yeah. like okay that's what, what, what we kind of wrote him into now so mm-hmm. maybe we don't want to leave him there Right. As opposed to, oh, let's rewrite Wesley's history just so we can uh, do other things with him or say he had a better future. And right. so, when, like, if they just wrote that into this episode, I'm like, well, that's how they wrote it. They, they could have written, <laughs> he's excelling in Starfleet just as everybody expected. Right. I know. I mean, but don't forget also before Wesley ever went to the Academy, not only did he become an acting ensign, he became a full ensign, mm-hmm. like field commissioned full ensign. And then all of a sudden he's busted back to being a cadet. Like yeah, that, that uh, sucks. Yeah, that, yeah. It just, that just doesn't jive. That doesn't jive. And, and in the real world, why they did it makes total sense. We completely mm-hmm. understand it within oh, the yeah. story world. Yeah. It just doesn't. And Ronald with, Moore with, wanted with to it, do something about it. Sure. And I appreciate that. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. within the real world, I, I, or yeah, within the, 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 on the enterprise, it's felt to me like, Oh, you know, we, we want to give you a promotion, but you don't have a college degree. So we need you to go back to school. We know you can handle the job just fine, but right. we can't promote you without a college degree. Right. So you know what you do in the real world, what you do there, you take night classes, you stay sure. doing your job and you take night classes and you go earn the degree. That's, that's the way that works. Anyway, the other thing that Ronald D. Moore wanted to do in this particular episode is something we haven't actually seen yet is he wanted somebody to be able to walk away from Starfleet and from the uniform and from life aboard the spaceship 
mm-hmm. with their head held, held head held high, being able to say, Hey, that life is pretty cool. Like that's a lot of fun. It's just not for me. I'm going to go do this other thing over here. Yeah. You know, because he, they, he'd felt Randy Mort sort of felt within Star Trek, like everybody's big life ambition was to go be in a starship somewhere, like no matter where you were. And like, no, there's citizens out there who are just living, doing their thing, who never wanted to go to Starfleet ever at all, or learn what a quantum drive does. They didn't care, yeah. you know? And so he wanted somebody to be able to do that. So that's how we got to uh, this particular episode. And you're right. Some things up. So act one. All right. It's Admiral Jacheyev time, and it's a situation has developed along the Cardassian border. The Federation has just completed negotiations with the Cardassians to finalize a new border, complete with a brand spanking new DMZ. It's demilitarized zone. Here's the problem. The new border places several Cardassian colonies in Federation space and several Federation colonies in Cardassian space. Jacheyev says that those colonists that are on the wrong side of the border are just simply going to have to be moved. Yeah, that's going to go over well. And the Enterprise's mission is to specifically handle the evacuation of the colony on Dorvon 5, which just so happens to be a colony of Native Americans. Well, now that sucks, as Picard recalls the horrific events of the Trail of Tears, where their ancestors were forced off their lands by a very faraway government, and Picard is concerned about the parallel here. Nechev doesn't care. These are his orders. Except it does turn out that Nechev does care. She made the same objections, but she was ultimately overruled. And these are the orders. For the greater good. Meanwhile, in engineering, Jordy wants to show off a new toy to Wes, who basically craps all over it. So, yeah, something's really up with Wes. Yeah. But Picard, start off there. Dropping one of his little life lessons here in the middle of, you know, setting up <laughs> in the middle of act tea. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have to like her will, but we have to follow her orders and maintaining this atmosphere of confrontation serves no purpose. Ooh. Ooh. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, Picard. I understand. What I was most surprised with was his little tea and biscuits or whatever worked. <laughs> right. Like, really? Really? Okay. Okay. I guess. Listen. She's not all bad. She's not all bad. She's not all bad. Fat, hey, listen, you, you break bread with somebody and, and that smooths out things quite a bit. So, yeah. So back with the Cardassians, DMZ, seeing something I don't think I've necessarily seen yet in Star Trek in kind of forming new treaties and new boundaries and, mm-hmm. and how all this process works. And it just kind of reminded me of redistricting school zones and stuff. It's like, okay, so, you know, we want that guy to play on our football team. So we're going to make this line curve over here a little bit <laughs> and grab that planet. And then th- you can have this planet. And uh-huh. I'm like, w- when, when it's all said none, it's like, well, there's some Cardassian planets in, in Federation territory and Federation planets in Cardassian territory. Like, why don't you just trade those planets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, What's going on here? Like what? Like if I had to make some concessions, I'm like, uh, why? It, it, it seems like you could have just, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and not, I, I don't not know just that, but you have out. people living on those planets <laughs> yes. too. Yes, yes, they're not just planets; they're inhabited planets. Right. And it's like, yeah, we're gonna have to move people. I'm like, why? Why don't you just trade planets or say like, like draw very curvy lines so you you grab the right planets and and mm-hmm. I don't know. You have you have advanced equipment. You can tell where the borders are. Right. Even in space. Mm-hmm. Drop some little probes out there or something to let you know. Some space buoys. Yeah. Man, I don't know. But we wouldn't have an episode if it weren't for these concessions they needed to make. So. Yeah, we wouldn't we'll have on. a episode. <laughs> We'd not have an episode. A episode. An episode. Yeah. An episode. Yeah. I, I'm sure this doesn't come back to bite us again. <laughs> um, then, yes, to make matters worse, one of the inhabitants that, of course, Picard is tasked with moving mm-hmm. is the North American Indian tribe who has recently, <clears throat> 20 years ago, settled there. And yes, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, fine. It's recent, but mm-hmm. they've been there a while. I mean, I, I'm sitting here thinking it's like I am 34 years old mm-hmm. and I haven't actually, no, I take that back. I, I, I think I lived in my parents' current house in Wisconsin for about 20 years. So I guess I have lived in one place for 20 years, Yeah, but like, that's a long time. Sure. You like, put I down roots. Being, I, I built a settlement. From being five yeah. years old, you know, entering kindergarten to getting married in 20 years. 
Yeah. Like that's a long time. It's a lot of life. So yeah, it's not like, oh yeah, we, we, we just started setting up camp today. Oh, you need us to move. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, we, we've established society here. Right. Right. And even more than that with, when you have a people group that is as connected to the land yeah. as, as, uh, yeah, they, particularly they, this this particular group of Native Americans, where they said the 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 mountains and the streams welcomed us. Mm-hmm. They brought us here. Like this was our place. This was waiting for us. You can't just go give us something else. Like that's not how this works. Yeah, the writers chose a very specific group of people to feature in this episode. Yes, and yes, that that makes you know this this conflict even more so. And it's just man, mm-hmm. they, they really kind of pushed all the buttons here. Like we're going to make this as difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. We, who are we going to get to do the job? Picard. He's the best. But I've talked about this before. Pretty uh-huh. sure I've talked about it on this show. I know I've talked about it with you, but I think I've talked about it on the show. Anytime someone uses the phrase, the greater good. <laughs> That's why I highlighted the phrase. There, do Matt. it for the greater good. Yeah. You're evil. You're evil. Nope. Nope. Don't do it. And I'll have more to say on that later. But Wesley's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, a Start- poor Jordy. Yeah. Poor Jordy. Like Jordy, Jordy's so excited to have him back. It's like, Hey, just, you know, take your time. You come, come down, visit me when you want. And he comes down and it's like, Hey, I want to show you my new gadgets. And it's like, yeah, look at this brand new tech. Awesome. I've been experimenting. Please be excited for me. Dude, your stuff sucks. Like stuff's outdated, man. Yeah. Where'd you find this heap of junk? Mm-hmm. It's like, I built it. Yeah. Like, wow, Wes. I, no tact, no respect, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just, wow. I, I, I appreciated how Jordy handled it, though. Mm-hmm. And put him in his place as much as he could and, and did did it kind of, you know, with a little bit of grace, too. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's frustrating. It's It's hard to watch when a character that you love is hard to love is being mm-hmm. very unlovable. Right. Yep. yep. Like I, I hate to use the phrase, but no, it's not my Wesley. <laughs> right. Yeah. Come on, Wes. What's up with you, man? What's going on? Well, act two, Picard and Troy are meeting with the tribal council about relocation. He really wants to help, but the tribe is refusing to leave. They are connected to the land here to this specific planet. Picard respects that, but he still has his orders. Well, they're going to table this conversation for now. Meanwhile, there's a party up on the Enterprise and Moody West is on Wes is on the guest list. Sitting alone, Wes is approached by Lakanta, one of the colonists. He says he has known for two years that Wes was coming. He saw him in a vision quest. And Lakanta says that he knows why Wes has come to find the answers that he seeks. So I believe it was Beverly who who, who stated this. And it, it, the best three words to describe how Wesley has been acting. Like I, I, uh-huh. I tried many different words in my notes and then she came out and said it moody, sullen, and rude. Like, yep. Nailed it. Yeah. And I mean, I have to give it to Will Wheaton, right? Uh-huh. He is acting the crap out of this part. Sure. I mean, just hitting every beat. It's like, yes, that's exactly what the writers wanted, but man, I don't like you right now. Then in this scene, we get a brief moment with Picard. Uh-huh. And he uses the phrase too. Sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do for the greater good. I'm like, what? what, what, what? <laughs> right. What? I have adamantly said anyone who uses the phrase for the greater good right. is evil. We cannot trust them. Uh-huh. We should not like, and I mean, honestly, I think this is just one of those moments. It's like, okay, this is not Picard's episode to shine. This is a Wesley episode. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I see, you know, Wesley turns everything around and Wesley proves them wrong. And Wesley, does, like, so it all turns out right. But it, it just goes to show too, like anyone who uses the phrase for the greater good, they at least have the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. It was just so stunning to hear Picard say it. And actually at, at the time he thought he meant it. I'm like, did he really though? I, I, did I mean, he, did he really? Because like, this is one of those, like, yes, Picard, there, there is the, they've got to be relocated. We can't just leave them here. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that is a fact. He is there as a representative of the Federation to which he has a duty that sometimes his own personal ideas sort of have to be set aside. Although usually that doesn't happen because his ideals and the Federation tend to be in lockstep. Mm-hmm. But when those two come in conflict, you know, he can either choose to go with his own side or 
toe the company line, so to speak. And he doesn't seem comfortable to me in this moment. Does he to you? Even as he says it, even as he spouts their rhetoric. Prior to this moment, he did not seem comfortable with it. In this yeah. moment, I thought he he felt a little more resigned to follow along and it's like, okay, fine, that's what you got to do. Got to do it you know, it's for the greater good. It's like, yeah, maybe I don't fully believe it, but like he was on that path. Right. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference that the thing that we typically see Picard do that typically we see in Star Trek that did not happen in this episode uh-huh. that we've applauded Picard for time and time again is when he comes into a problematic situation, uh-huh. he gathers his crew around him and says, Hey, I need ideas. Yep. I need options. He, he didn't mm-hmm. do that. Yep. And by the end of the episode, like that's what happens. They explore different options. Mm-hmm. Picard comes up with one idea. He talks to Nechev and tries to float different ideas there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the end of the episode, it's, it's West that comes up and says, Hey, no, you know, he didn't necessarily say, Hey, try this thing, uh-huh. but everything kind of worked out. It's like, Oh, there's an idea nobody had mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. And look at that. It worked for everybody where in, if they were trying to write a different type of episode and they just would have gathered everybody together and say, hey, I need options. That would have been one of the options someone in the crew would come up with. So it was just kind of off putting after I mean, after mm-hmm. I had already heard Nechev say it in this episode, yeah. if, if, if it was just Picard saying it one off time. Yeah, I don't know if I would have caught it. Yeah. But since I had already heard it once earlier in the episode, I was kind of in tune with that a little bit more. I'm like, wait, did you just say that? And I, I think that's the way it's like, I think that's the way it's intended to make you feel, you know, like you're, you're watching Picard. Like this isn't who we have watched Picard for seven seasons now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and Matt, you've only seen about 30 ish episodes or so, something like that of the next generation, but still you've seen enough to know what's Picard and what's not Picard. And that line, as he's, as he's doing something that he so clearly has a, a conscionable, a a violation of his own conscience in doing, Mm -hmm. he's, he's, I I go back to the idea of towing the company line. And even maybe to the point that you had sort of mentioned of you, you can, you do it, you convince yourself, you convince yourself to where you actually start becoming okay with it. Mm -hmm. Even though you know, it's wrong. Well, you've just become okay with it because you've taken taken that many steps down the path yeah you get the feeling because uh, it started back when when he met with Nchev and she's like I, I i understand your moral objections to this uh-huh it's like okay well are you gonna do anything about it like right. no i'm still gonna force you to do this i'm like okay that's kind of weird uh-huh. but that feels like you know the admiral thing to do that's how you set up an episode mm-hmm. but because picard didn't go and meet with his crew and and collaborate and ask for opinions mm-hmm. he was just running on his own one or two opinions and it's like well okay those didn't work so i guess we'll go with it right and so so he got to that point a lot faster because he didn't have all these other options to try and and that's something that i mean we, we talk about with leaders right uh-huh. no one leader is gonna have the answer to every question that that's not what makes you a good leader right so it's yeah first wesley now picard out of character yeah yeah all out of character <laughs> then yeah this uh lakanta yeah talk to me about lakanta i feel like i've seen him somewhere before and i just like, don't know like if as the actor you mean you feel like you've seen him somewhere before or the character necessarily the actor like the character kind of thing well, I, you I have think. you just don't know it yet <laughs> fine but it not in star trek i mean like as a native american like he feels like a stereotypical native american like this is the native american character we stick into every tv show in the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. and like when i was watching it he kind of felt out of place among Mm -hmm. the villagers like yes he was a native american but something felt different about him and then of course when he knows wesley's name which Mm -hmm. is weird not only because I mean, to my knowledge, they, the the people on the council, which I don't, I don't think Lakanta was on that council, right? That he was, not. was meeting with. No, yeah, mm-hmm. he wasn't there. So he wasn't there. 
I'd expect most of the people that came to the ship to only know, you know, Picard and maybe Troy because she was meeting with them. Mm-hmm. And then to know Wesley, not just Wesley, but Wesley Crusher, mm-hmm. who isn't even a crew member right now, doesn't live on the ship right now. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be visiting this weekend. Like, how do you know him? And then he starts off on his, I've known that you're coming for the past two years. Right. I know why you came to us, Wesley, to find the answers that you seek. I'm like, man, you're a creeper. <laughs> The vision quest and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 So quick, quick note. I I just want to talk about Um, the, this tribe. All right. Now we're, we're in season seven of next generation. Let's talk about what's happening in the greater star Trek world out there. Sure. Next generation is about to go off the air. Mm -hmm. And the, which is why when you told me, yeah, journey's end, I'm like, Oh, that's a great name for the last episode of of a show going off the air. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it's not, I think think when we actually get to the last episode, you're going to love the title of the, it it might be my favorite better than journey's end. Yeah. I think you're going to like it. And remember that because we're going to get to it and, in uh, three or four weeks, um, oh, three or four weeks, man, we're going to be done with next generation. Anyway, <laughs> sort of, we still got movies to go. Some of them. Um, but, uh, uh, they're also ramping up, uh, a new star Trek show, which is getting ready pr- to premiere in the fall. So like this is springtime when this is coming out later that fall, they've got a new, uh, show coming out now, obviously at this point, wait, so not deep space nine. Well, deep space nine's already running. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. So, so there's another one coming out right away. There's yeah. Like that fall Voyager premieres. Wow. Star Trek Voyager premieres. Yeah. Deep space nine. Deep Space Nine did not was never on TV by itself. It always had another Star Trek iteration that it was going alongside. Yeah. So, so they basically were behind the scenes, at least working on three Star Trek. Yes. The same time. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Now, in Star Trek Voyager, one of the main cast is a character called Chakotay. Chakotay is a Native American of descent who is from the colonies out in the DMZ. And Jerry Taylor, who is the showrunner for Next Generation in Season 7 and is actually one of the creators, along with Michael Pillar of Star Trek Voyager intended. And like, it's in the show Bible that Chakotay is from this village. So you're going to meet Chakotay in, in a bit, maybe, I don't know, six, seven weeks, maybe eight weeks. You'll, you'll meet Chakotay for those of you in, out there in Voyager. It's in, only, he's only in Voyager. Yes. He's only in Voyager. Okay. Um, for those of you out there who you you've seen Voyager, you know who Chakotay is. You'll know what I'm saying, but Ch- this is the tribe that Chakotay was supposed to be from. This is supposed to be his home planet. Okay. Now the thing is they never confirmed that on screen. <laughs> So it is not canonized that this is actually where Chakotay is from. Okay. But this is the one, this is the place where Chakotay is supposed to be from. And, and Chakotay will go on his vision quests and stuff that he'll have with him. This is that first mention of a vision quest that they have. And the other thing is the actor who plays, um, not Lakanta, uh, Enthwara, the, the elder. Yep. Um, he actually shows up in Voyager as Chakotay's grandfather. It's not necessarily the character on Thwara, mm-hmm. although it could have been sort of sure. like they didn't name him. He just showed up as Chico- the actor showed up as Chakotay's grandfather. It's exactly the same actor, yeah. but it could have been Lakanta. We don't know. They never told Anthwara. us what it, what that was or Enthwara. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, they, they never told us, but it could have been. So anyway, I, I point that out just because we're here in this moment and you just mentioned the vision quest sure. that uh, this is where this character, which they are now casting probably. And I don't, I don't think they've quite begun production on the show just yet. I don't think that is, begins until the summer, um, but they, they, they're casting the character right now. And uh, you're going to like Chakotay. Chakotay is a, he's a cool, he's very mellow. He's very, very just sort of, sort of chill, but you're going to like him. I, I think okay. you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. You will definitely meet Chigote. Uh, but but this would have been the one where he was from. So little side note for everyone out there listening. How about act three? Well, it turns out Wes hasn't just been moody since coming back to the Enterprise. It all started back at the Academy where his grades have been failing and he's become more and more and more withdrawn. 
He meets LeConte down on the planet, and LeConte talks about what's sacred to the people there. He asks Wesley, what is sacred to you? Wes doesn't really have anything sacred to himself. LeConte says everything here is sacred, including Wes himself, to which LeConte points out means that Wes must treat himself with respect because otherwise that would be a desecration of something that is holy. Wes starts to get it, but now it's time for his own vision quest to begin. And while they do that, Picard and Troy are going to meet with the tribal council again. Picard lays it all out. They have to move or Picard is going to force them. And Thwara, the council leader, says that Picard's ancestor was part of forcing their ancestors off their land way back on Earth so many years ago. And he believes that this Picard has come to erase that stain of blood on the Picard family. And that is why he will not actually force them to move. Cue the unwelcome visitors. Cardassians are skulking around the colony. Of course. So this scene with Wesley is kind of weird. I the question what is sacred it's just a weird question I loved this conversation I loved this conversation go ahead dive into it I I, I don't really have a lot to dive into because okay. I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did really? <laughs> it's okay <laughs> like like Wes comes out of it saying I guess I haven't had a lot of respect for myself lately uh-huh. and I think that was the ultimate point of that sure. conversation sure I'm like okay I got your point cool uh-huh. but how they got there felt really weird to me <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Like, I love how LaConta kind of, kind of flipped it back. Like we think everything here is sacred. Now I don't necessarily think that everything is sacred. That's my own personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think the pencil is sacred. Okay. Maybe we go outside into living land. I don't know that a tree is sacred. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but I don't, I don't tend to think that way, but I do tend to think of people as sacred. That's my own, again, my own personal thing. So the idea where he talks about the, that if you are sacred, if there is something special about you as a human being, as a person, if you don't treat yourself with respect, that is desecrating something that is holy. So treat yourself with respect. Like mm-hmm. that, like the, the whole, like I, I love, that's a very Star Trek message to me. Sure. Sure. I, I and like I said, I, like I get the final message that they got to, uh-huh. and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh-huh. Like I'm okay with that message. It's just the, the lead up to it. I don't know. It like almost felt forced. Mm. You know like, what it feels like it, to me? Go ahead. That? I was going to say, when you, when you think of the way that native American culture and wisdom is portrayed in Hollywood mm-hmm. of this, this sort of otherworldly. And here's the thing. I don't have a whole lot of interactions with native Americans out there. I don't know yes. that this is the yes. way they talk or this is the way they think as much as this is just the way Hollywood tends to portray it, but and it's really was- freaking cool. Even if it's not <laughs> like, it is still pretty cool. Like the, the, th- the logic and thought processes that was that kind of my reaction having. to it. It's yeah. like, no one else could have the conversation this way except for a native american as far as they are they are portrayed on screen right like you said i i don't have any native american friends to my knowledge mm-hmm. and so they if that's how they actually act and talk in real life yeah i don't know like i said all, mm-hmm. all i have like you i think is is the portrayal from hollywood mm-hmm. and it obviously these stereotypes that there's some truth in them, Mm -hmm. but they're usually exaggerated. So, right. Then we get into the thing with, uh, the elders when Picard's talking to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, real quick, real quick production note. Mm -hmm. When Wesley is walking up the stairs to go to the upper room thing for the vision quest. Yeah. There's a real brief moment where you actually can spot one of the production crew (laughs) on camera. He, He, in this particular case, he's part of the sound team. Um, this actually marks the sixth time that such an occurrence has happened on next generation. Wow. Yeah. That that feels like a lot. Y- y- right. To actually right. make it into the final cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's, it's so brief. It's so minuscule. Like, sure. Sure. You, you like, just sit there and you go, ah, nobody will notice. Just move well, on. Especially back in the day in the, in the nineties, even yeah. early nineties, when we didn't have DVR. We didn't, right. have, you know, this probably wasn't even coming out on DVD or anything like that yet. No, the they, best they, they you could do is, is VHS recorded off of TV. 
Yeah, that's true. If you yeah. would record it, and then I mean, the picture wasn't even that great. So no, no, yeah, yeah. you're probably not noticing anything. It's like right. okay, background member, but yeah, now nowadays that we have everything high def and uh-huh. they can pause and rewind and zoom in and yeah, they catch all that stuff. Is that a Starbucks coffee cup on the uh-huh, war chip? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Isn't this medieval? <laughs> So Javier Marabona Picard, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It sounds That's like a swell guy. Believable. <laughs> um, the the only thing I found weird was didn't we determine that Picard grew up in France and didn't they say like this was the Spanish coming in? It's possible. Like yes, I, I, Picard I, is from France. Yeah. Yes, Picard is definitely from France. And I thought when they were describing this earlier that they mentioned that like this was this, the Spanish that came in. Yeah. And, but here's the have you, Matt, have you ever had one of those uh ancestry DNA tests? Nope. So my wife just got one back. I'm still waiting on my results. But she's like <laughs> she's German and Irish and Scottish and like all of these. So I it wouldn't surprise me if Picard had multiple ancestors outside of France uh, of various European countries. Suppose it could happen, but anyway, yeah. But yeah, this this felt very I don't know shoehorned in to to get them to this. You know, nothing mm-hmm. that happens is truly random, and you know, give Picard a reason. Kind of not that he really needed one. He he already didn't want to do this, uh-huh. so it's not like he needed. Oh, I'm going to erase the stain of blood worn in my family for 23 generations by not kicking you out of this land. I'm like, no, he he he, he already didn't want to do it. He doesn't right. need more motivation. Right. Yeah. He but just needs I mean, but ultimately though, okay, when we start talking about the timeless message of Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? This is Star Trek facing uh the atrocities that were committed upon a people group. Sure. That were were just not okay. And th- I think this is maybe even in a little bit of ways of Star Trek sort of saying, hey, we see you, we acknowledge that. And, you know, they confront that and using this episode. And by the way, they introduced right. Native Americans into the Star Trek future, and that's going to become very important <laughs> in just a couple of months. Sure. They're setting it up. Yeah. 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 But the Cardassians. Yeah, they're there. Dirty, rotten Cardies. Well, let's find out what happens to them, shall we? Mm-hmm. Act four. Gully Vec and his crew are conducting a survey of what's going to be left behind when the transfer of the planet to Cardassia takes place. Picard reminds Vec that for now, this planet and its people are still under his jurisdiction and he will protect them. Picard immediately contacts Nechev to try to get the Federation to reconsider this decision, but she's already tried it and no luck. Picard is clearly uneasy with this mission, but he's going to go through with it, and he orders Worf to quietly begin preparations. Meanwhile, in Wesley's vision quest, his father's spirit comes to him and tells him not to follow him anymore. It's time for Wesley to set out on his own journey. Wesley gets the message, and on his way out of the room, Wesley discovers what Worf is up to, and he tells the entire village what's about to happen. <gasps> oh, Wesley. We'll yes. get to you in a minute. But Picard being Picard, Mm -hmm. is that a threat? It's a fact. Yes, Picard. (laughs) Well said. Well said. It's a a fairly standard interaction with Cardassians and Picard. Uh It's like, they're going to try to push him around. Picard's going to stand up to him, do what's right, and we'll see what happens. Right. Wesley, on the other hand, gets to, yeah, go on this vision quest thing. It's like, yeah, we don't let strangers in here. I told you, you're not a stranger. I've seen you here before. Okay, that's still kind of weird, man. If if I were Wesley, I I don't think I'd be uh, following that close. I'd be uh, a few steps behind, standing in the doorway. But, okay. I did like how he talks about here the statues. Like, Wes sees that he has a, a Klingon statue in the room. Mm, yeah. And it's like, yeah. yes, the, the spirits of the Klingon, the Vulcan, the Ferengi come to us just as the bear, the coyote, the parrot. I like that. That's that. I mean, I've never fully quite understood the the whole Native American spirits thing. But now you're an expert. No, <laughs> not at all. But I, I I like how they kind of wrote it into here to give it a a, a Star Trek tie in, uh-huh. Star Trek vibe to it. It's like, yeah, it's 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 not just animals. It's all things that that can come to us. And so, yeah, we have statues of everything. Wesley starts tripping out and I, 
it just occurred to me that I, I wonder if you're mixing a little bit of this scene mm-hmm. with the end where he goes off with the traveler. Cause in this scene, things get a little bit trippy and kind of uh, like, I don't know if you have, you know, floating blue backgrounds, but I think the, the scene in my head here. is very specific, Matt. Okay. It's very specific. And so it, I get what you're saying. It just, it's not this for me. Okay. But okay. Yeah. yeah you, I, I, I'm glad Wesley understood what his dad was telling him. Cause I mm-hmm. certainly didn't get it right away. Okay. <laughs> like you set out on a journey that wasn't your own. It's like, I don't understand you do, but you, it's just hard for you to accept. I'm like, okay, sure. Guess you'll tell us in the next 12 minutes. By the way, just in case you're wondering, this is the same actor portraying uh, Jack Crusher that we saw. I would hope so. Several yeah. episodes, like several episodes for us, but like a season and change ago for uh, the real world viewers out there. Sure. Um, yeah. That, that I, I figure I'll, that has to be a nice phone call to get. Right. 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 It's like, hey, you've been on our show once or twice. Um, we need you back for another episode where we're going to give you free money. Right. You, know, you, you have a couple lines, but we need you back. It's like, okay, I'm on board. Cool. Right. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm assuming at yeah. that point, you don't have to audition for the role. It's like you already have the role, but uh-huh. we need you back. It's just going to be one episode. I don't care. It's free money. Right. No, I'm not going to do it unless you make me part of the cast. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. But the, the show's over in uh, what, four or five episodes? Right. What What about what about Wesley coming out and uh, diamond out Wharf in front of everybody? I He's such a punk right now. <laughs> like seriously, Wes, like. That's not I, actually helping. Like that did like, not help the get, situation. Getting up at everybody's business. Yeah. 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 It didn't. It, yeah. I mean, it, it forced action. Mm-hmm. That's what it did. Like it moved the story forward mm-hmm. faster than it would have otherwise. Right. But other than that, like, yeah, it just caused chaos and people start shooting and like mm-hmm. people taking hostages and like, I, I just not, not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. The number of times I've had to do it, like, like I just like, my camera, you need to shut your mouth right now. Cause mm-hmm. it's, cause you're, you're, ju- you're literally making it worse right now. This yeah. is not helping. I'm working on this. I'm going to make this okay. Especially like when I'm trying to do something with like his little sister, I'm trying to coax her into something, uh-huh. you know, and he's, he's just over there blabs like, you know what dad's doing to you right now? I'm like, shut your <laughs> you know, cause let's say like Worf wasn't, Worf was making preparations just in case he had to do something. Yes. They weren't about to do it. He was making preparations. So it, it wasn't like he was, he, he was prepping for worst case scenario. Exactly. Exactly. There was still time for Picard to work it out in a diplomatic solution mm-hmm. and, and in a diplomatic way. Um, you know, and this, I mean, this whole situation's a real catch 22, right? Like you guys yeah. are on this planet. You've been on this planet for about 20 years. You've had all these, uh, you know, you have all these connections to land, but you're now on the other side of the, of the, the border and you're our citizens. And I'm sorry that we couldn't, couldn't uh, help you out and make this work for you, but we didn't. And so now you got to go. The treaty is signed. It's going into effect. There's nothing you can do about it at this point. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard place to be in. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're just going to stay here. I, I mean, I think the ending came to the only viable solution that they ever could have come to, you know, cause there's a problem. You can't stay on this side because they're, you're in their land. Now you're in their space. We can't protect you and keep you safe. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. they, 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 they found an option that worked. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly believe the only reason they didn't get there sooner is because they didn't pull opinions from everybody. There you go. There you go. Act five. Picard is giving Wesley a dressing down. He gives him the old, as long as you wear that uniform, you'll do as I tell you to do. And Wes snaps back. Well, maybe I don't want to wear this uniform anymore. And he resigns from the Academy effective immediately. Well, naturally, Mama Crusher is crushed and she insists Ah. on an explanation. Thank you for getting that. Wesley tells her about his vision and that this has been a long time coming. Beverly accepts that and remembers the incident with the traveler a long time ago where he said something, something special was going to be done with Wesley. Maybe this is that first step. Hmm. Foreshadowing. Down on the planet, the colonists have taken some of the Cardassians as prisoners. Worf tries to stand up to them, but the colonists say that they don't recognize the treaty or these governments. Tensions boil over, and just as one gets shot with a phaser, Wes screams out, No! And time freezes. 
It turns out Lakanta is the traveler that Mama Crusher just talked about, and he tells West that he's ready to ascend to a higher plane of existence. West doesn't want to leave everyone like this, but the traveler tells West to have faith that they will solve their problems on their own. And West believes him and goes with him. Immediately on the bridge, Picard convinces Evek to give get his men out of there, ending the hostilities. There's a new option on the table now. The colonists are going to give up their Federation citizenship and willingly come under the oversight of the Cardassian government. Gully Vex says he thinks that they can make it work. And Anthwara tells Picard, I told you so. And West decides he's going to stay behind with the colonist, marking the end of his trek through the stars, at least <laughs> in this plane of existence anyway. The really? end. Really, Brent? Inexcusable. I'm so, prou- I'm so proud of myself right now. <sighs> you would. You would. <laughs> uh, and to those of you listening out there, yes, that was very intentional. I know. I know. I know. Yes, I did. I totally did. I, he'll get it. Guys out there, he'll get it. He'll get it soon. Eventually. Maybe not soon. It'll be a while, but he'll get it. I know. I know. I know. I know what you're thinking. Matt, that's the episode, buddy. Talk to me about the final act. Yeah. Um, Wrap it up. <laughs> we even got some pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> By by the end of this, I, I it didn't surprise me that yeah, Wes was gonna resign from the academy uh, as soon as Picard gave him that you know as long as you wear that uniform. I'm like, well, he I know exactly what the next line is. Sure, so sure that that kind of came in and it's like, okay, well, what's he gonna do now? And then he he starts to explain what his dad meant and stuff. And so I, saw, I saw dad today. He told me not to follow him. And then, you know, if there's a gut wrenching moment in here, you know, I didn't want to disappoint fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And that's always the hardest thing, right? I didn't want to disappoint because everybody's like, you can yell at me all you want, but as soon as, you know, y- your dad walks up, man, so disappointed in you. That's the worst thing you can hear. Right. Mm-hmm. But then we get into this traveler business and you tell me I've seen this guy before. Uh-huh. Do you not remember him? I don't have a great memory of him, though. Okay. There is an episode we did way back in season one of Next Generation called Where No Man Has Gone Before, or Where No okay. One Where No One Has Gone Before. Sorry. And uh they they brought this guy on board the Enterprise to basically improve the warp engine and make things go really, really fast. And he had this assistant with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? That's coming back. That's and coming the back. assistant yep. was yep. the one who was actually doing this like weird thing. But then like he noticed that West was like really and, smart and doing things. Well, and, yeah. Cause, cause West noticed him doing stuff. And then, so he started watching him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now for the record, just so you know, this is actually the end of a trilogy of episodes with the traveler. I already mentioned where no one has gone before. We saw that one. we skipped an episode called remember me, it was an episode four or season four, episode five. I think it was. Uh, where where he comes back and and it was Wesley rescuing his mom from some interdimensional thing and kind of doing it and so and then here's this this particular episode so this is actually sure. the third time we've seen the traveler it wasn't worth okay. watching the other episode it wasn't that great sure, sure. of an episode uh, but if you're if you're curious in the Wesley Crusher Traveler trilogy that would be the other one to go to okay so yeah when when Beverly started talking about yeah this alien who can tr- control warp fields with his mind called mm-hmm. the Traveler. You know, told Picard you were special and destined for something quite different. Like, okay, thanks for that recap. Because if you just told me, hey, you do remember the Traveler? I'm not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks. Because um, I mean, yeah, I, even if you were a Star Trek fan, that would have been years ago. Or I, I, I guess, well, yeah, even the second appearance would have been like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So not only is there a lot of time involved there, but my faulty memory. So that's what we're playing with. Like I said, we jump back to Golovec and Picard trying to hash this out, trying to settle things down. Each have their own ways one they want to do it and eventually find the best way. But quick action sequence as we do in Act 5, basically. And then time stops and mm-hmm. things get super sci-fi. <laughs> and I'm like, right. okay, this is not something I really see every day in Star Trek. Like, you can say, well, Matt, you see aliens every day on Star Trek. That's pretty sci-fi. You see spaceships every day on Star Trek. That's pretty sci-fi. You mm-hmm. see warps, warp speed and phasers. And yeah, I get it. But all of that stuff, at least in my mind, is fairly believable. Uh-huh. Right. Could there be aliens out there? Sure. Do I think there are? 
Uh, I think the likelihood comes down, but could there be? Yeah, that's semi-believable. I actually just started watching this this old uh, Disneyland um, show with Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. It was back from the 50s. And he, he's talking about animation, but he, he's talking about the plausible impossible. And the whole thing is like with cartoons and animation, these things are impossible, but we make them seem plausible. It's like the first example he gives us is like, if you pull on a cow's tail, can it make a bell ring around its neck? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, the, you see, if you draw in this spinal column here, and so when you're pulling the tail, you're straightening the spinal column and rings the bell in the neck. Okay, weird example, but I get it, right? And so that I, I think that's kind of what a lot of this is for me. It's like, uh-huh. it, it seems kind of impossible, but it also seems plausible. And so aliens, sure. Advanced weapons, sure. Spaceships, sure. Spaceships we live on, sure. Mm-hmm. And we're getting there in some cases. And so all that stuff, well, it is kind of sci-fi right now uh-huh. because we don't have it 100%. Right. Could we get there? Totally believable. But as soon as you get to being able to stop time mm-hmm. and people changing their appearance at will and that type of thing, it's like, okay, that's a different level of sci-fi that I don't know that we actually get to. And so that's, it just instantly felt different. It didn't quite, it felt like we stepped out of Star Trek, at least what I know of Star Trek. I haven't seen enough of this technology, if you will. I mean, it's not really technology. It's, it's, I I don't even know what to categorize it as, Mm -hmm. but like it's superhero stuff. Right. Right. And I guess that's something I haven't seen too much of in Star Trek. And so it it feels weird to see it here. It's like, oh, I'm going to stop time now. And at this point, like it feels like Wes did it. Mm -hmm. But did he really? Or is this the traveler helping him out and saying, hey, okay, you finally made a breakthrough and I need to talk to you. So I, I get a little confused at this point as to what exactly is going on and what, like, I, I, like the series is ending. Like, I, how much more do we see of this? And maybe the Traveler comes back. I, I In my mind, like, Wesley isn't coming back anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what kind of abilities does Wes actually have? Right. Can he Can he control time? Are we just left to imagine? Or are they trying to tell me something here? I don't know. I would answer those questions for you, Matt, but I'm not gonna (laughs) because the original viewers didn't have those answers either. I understand. And as much as I hate you for that, (laughs) I have done the same thing to other people on other podcasts. Uh So Uh I understand. I'm just, I'm just enjoying listening to where you're coming down at the end of this. The only thing I will tell you for sure is this does mark the end of Wesley uh, and his time on next generation. That's the only thing I'll say. I'm not going to say anything about anybody else on next generation. Okay. Well, like I said, next generation (laughs) is coming to an end. So um, it's almost the end of everybody's time. I'm a next generation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, think about it. So this is episode 20. They only go to episode 26. Mm-hmm. There are six. They, they had seven stories left to tell with this crew and they chose to cho- to tell this one. Like you said, they wanted a better future for Wesley. Yeah. Cause like, they, cause they, they knew the show was going off. They knew the show was done. Like, Oh yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't like they, they get well, canceled in the off season. Cause like, like we said, I mean, th- th- they're already planning the next series. Yeah. Like that, that, that's, I mean, that's gotta be the weirdest thing, especially since you have some people carrying over uh-huh. like the weirdest thing to know. Oh man, our series is ending after seven years, but don't worry. We already have the next series in the works. Like that doesn't happen for a lot of people. I, I don't no. think maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but I, I don't think, you know, the, the people who are working on and writing the office for 10 years, Oh, this is our 10th season. It's final season. But don't worry. I have my next series all planned and we're shooting next week. Right. I, I don't think that happens. Uh-huh. So it's it's a unique situation. But yeah, I ah, man, I need to see how this all overlaps. I think there's more overlap than I realize. And especially with these shows running like concurrently. I will I will tell you, yes. The, and I, I am having the same thought process right now. Wow, these overlap a whole lot more than I ever realized. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, with Next Generation, when they were starting Next Generation, there was one whole lot they could do. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to bring Kirk on? Or I mean, any of those? I mean, no, I mean, they, they like, had, ju- keep in mind, they had such had a large shown, gap there. Yeah, they had just shown the fourth movie, the one with the whales, mm-hmm. right? And they went, okay, we're, we're definitely going to bring back the show, but we can't bring back Kirk 
perfect spot. So we're going to throw it 80 years more into the future and kind of reset the whole thing and do Star Trek just with a new, with a new group and a new crew and yeah. not worry about, you know, kind of what came before. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad that they started embracing what went before in next generation sure. and didn't just try to be Star Trek on its own. But, uh, yeah, well, that's the episode, Matt. And that, that is, is Wesley Crusher. The story, the saga of Wesley Crusher. Yep. He's staying on Dorvin five to begin his studies. Still, still, still your favorite character, Matt. I mean, I'm going to try to kind of forget this episode for now. Despite and, Moody and, West. Until it like ties into later or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, from, I mean, the, the, given the series as a whole, like uh-huh. I, I like Wesley. Yeah. What would you do if Wesley became a Q? Does he act like the Q we know? Like, I, Maybe if you were a little bit more mature and less prankstery. Okay. I, I might be okay with it. If he had the same temperament as the Q I've met many times, mm-hmm. um, that might be a little bit weird. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Matt, would you like to know? Well, let me, let me do this. Uh, so are you saying you did not really care for this episode? You didn't really like it a whole lot. Is this one you'd want to watch again? You think? Do you understand why it's part of the run? As for the run, I mean, I think the thing with Kardashians is kind of a big deal. It is. I, I don't mind telling you. It is. <laughs> Turns I out mean, our they, entire other series has everything to do with the Kardashians. Exactly. Yeah, like the Kardashians keep, keep popping up over and over and over. Yeah. Like they, they, they've popped up enough that I know who they are. You can show me a Kardashian and I can tell you that's a Kardashian. You know the difference between a Kardashian and a Kardashian. Yes. You probably can recognize a Kardashian before you would recognize a Kardashian. <laughs> very, very possibly. <laughs> If I saw them both walking down the street, yeah, I'd pick out the Kardashian first. Yeah. Um, if you like, if you just showed me a picture of somebody, I might be like, it might be a Kardashian. Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could give you a maybe, but yeah. You not show a me a picture of a random Kardashian, I'd be like, that's a Kardashian. Yep. I know. <laughs> because thankfully for Star Trek, all alien races look the same within the race. There's, there's not a whole lot of uh, differentiation there. That's just to your foreign eyes, Matt. Yep. To, to yep. them, it's all different. All right. Well, Matt, would you like to know what our next episode is? That would be good to know. All right. Well, get out your pencil. Take this down. I'm going to probably have to spell it for you. We're jumping back over to Deep Space Nine. We're going to leave Next Generation for a a couple of weeks, Matt. A couple of weeks. We're going to stay over at Deep Space Nine for a while. But next week is a two-parter. Oh, boy. And we will be doing both parts. It's it's pronounced the Maquis. And it is spelled Maquis. M-A-Q-U-I-S. The Maquis. All right. All right. It says part, part one and two. Parts one and two. Yeah, we'll do both of them. We'll do it as one episode. Um, when this, uh, obviously, we're still in the middle of season two over there at Deep Space Nine. So this is not like a cliffhanger season break. It was just a uh, two-part episode that they aired in back-to-back weeks. So we will uh, uh, we will okay. definitely do that. There are no extra viewings that I want to give you. I, I guess I could mention, there. like I said, there is that other Traveler episode called Remember Me if you're interested in seeing more of the Traveler and what Wesley does and what his powers and capability are. Uh-huh. But um, that would squarely be an extra viewing. If you want to go do it, that's the episode, season four, episode five, All Remember right. Me. Um, but other than that, Matt, I think that's going to do it for us this week here at Beam Me Up. Hey, what'd you guys think of Journey's End? Are you sad to see Wesley go? Are you interested to know where he goes next? What do you think old fish hands is going to be up to? Well, head over to beamupod.com or email us to beamupod at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. Matt, why don't you tell the folks out there where they can get in touch with you out there on the internet? Best place to find me is over on Twitter at as a matter of Matt. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Brent Allen live across all the social medias and the show. Well, beamyuppod.com. Until next time, folks, live long and prosper. Yeah.